Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Maddie D. And Lone Pine Mall was once Twin Pine Mall. Oh, if you didn't want to know what that, what a spoiler! Then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. It certainly is because what we do on this show is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster and then we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible. And then when the movie comes out, we go and see it and see how close we got to predicting it. But we're not doing that this week because you've joined us for one of our special episodes where we beat Hollywood to the punch and come up with a a new movie concept or at least a a movie concept (laughs) uh, just from the top of our heads. And this week we're talking about a potential Back to the Future remake. So, of course, Back to the Future came out in 1985, and it was directed by Robert Zemeckis and written by Robert Zemeckis as well, and Bob Gale. I think Bob Gale came up with the concept. Uh, Matty D, for all those who may not be familiar with the Back to the Future movie or its storyline, can you please briefly explain what happens in it? Yeah, briefly. It's about a teenager and his inventing scientist friend traveling through time. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, the, the scientist friend doesn't travel through time at all. Sometimes he does. I'm talking about the first Back to the Future movie, Matty right. D. Well, to be clear, the first Back to the Future movie is about, you know, a scientist inventing a machine, a teenager accidentally sending himself back through time, accidentally mm-hmm. screwing some things up and needing to fix them. He prevents his own birth from happening because uh, his mother falls in love with him instead of his father. So he has to make his mother fall in love with his father and at the same time, he has to travel back to his own time. Yeah. So he's on a time limit because he's got to go back to his own time at a specific point at 11 o'clock at night when lightning strikes a clock tower. But until then, he's got like a couple of days to work out everything he screwed up. Otherwise, he won't exist to go back to his own time. Yeah, that's pretty That's pretty clear. He has to wingman his own father. That's right. So Bob Gale got the idea when he was looking at his father's high school yearbook and he wondered if they would have been friends if they went to school together. And then he was just like, oh, imagine that if like I went back in time and I met my own father, like what repercussions would that have on my, on, you know, on my timeline? And would we actually get along? What would he be like? Would he be a completely different man to how I you know, see him as an adult? And then Robert Zemeckis' angle was as well. He said, it's always funny how like your father's version of how he was as a younger man is different from your mother's version of how he was as a younger man. <laughs> so they always seem to remember it differently. So what if what he's telling you isn't actually the truth and you get to go see firsthand what he was actually like? And, you know, these are all spawned ideas into, you know, the, what it would eventually become the Back to the Future script. There was a period as well where the time machine would be powered by Coca-Cola because they wanted to get some product placement in there. <laughs> and Shameless. they actually had trouble getting the movie greenlit as well because at the time, sex comedies were a huge thing. So the main movies being made in the early 80s or sort of mid-80s were sex comedies like Porky's, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Uh, what was that movie? Last American Virgin. Those sort of movies were really big at the time. So the studios were like, well, those are the things that make money. So making something that's you know relatively tame will potentially not make any money. So either you've got to insert some like raucous sex scenes in there or, uh, you know, just hope and pray that your concept really works. Yeah, and it kind of was on that razor blade as well because a few studios weren't so confident in the fact that it had a mother falling in love with the son angle and also I think there's some cuss words as well. So yeah, people weren't happy with that, but then it wasn't too much of a sex comedy into Rorturus for those sort of studios. No, so eventually they ended up, you know, I think they got picked up by Steven Spielberg who liked the idea and he ended up, uh, I can't remember if it was Amblin or not. I know it was Universal, was it? It was, yeah. Yeah, it was Universal. And then, of course, the movie was a massive hit. Went on to spawn two sequels, Back to the Future 2 in 1989 and then Back to the Future 3 in 1990. Both of those movies were made back to back. You've got a, like a, a jumping around in time second movie that, for some reason, a lot of people don't seem to like. 
The second movie? Yeah, we'll get into our histories in a second. great. And then we've got the Wild West one, which is the third one. Which I thought more people didn't like the Wild West one. Yeah, that was always my impression. And then, of course, we had the animated series in 1991 and 1992, starring uh, Jules and Vern, (laughs) Doc's children, travelling around in time and seeing dinosaurs and stuff. (laughs) So, Manny D, what is your history with Back to the Future? Yeah, so the first Back to the Future I watched was the third one when I was a kid, when I was really, 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 really young. It was just something that was always played on in the background and I would like play with my action figures while watching Doc Brown in the Wild West and I also watched bits of the second movie but it wasn't until years later that I actually got to watch the first movie and it was on free-to-air TV I was walking past it got glued to it loved it I loved the character of George McFly I thought Crispin Glover did like the best job ever uh, and uh, became a really big fan. Bought like an encyclopedia. <laughs> yeah, I had that movie. same encyclopedia. And uh, and and sort of went into like got really interested in the making of the movie and what went in behind it. Yeah. Did my own little Back to the Future comic book. Really? Yeah. Yep. What I, happened in that? Oh, uh, it was just r- rip off of the first movie, pretty much. Biff Tannen running around beating up George McFly. And have we pointed out yet today time? that we are doing like our own version of the Back to the Future plotline in a remake, essentially? Yeah. We're doing like a modern day Back to the Future. I don't think it's clear that we pointed that out, really. I think, you know, we're like almost 10 minutes into the episode <laughs> and I don't think we've made that clear. So I'm kind of hoping that what happened in Matty D's comic will happen in his, in his remake. Imagine. So what were you saying was in the in the comic? Uh, I think it was Back to the Future stuff, but also superheroes were involved as well. Wow, okay, yeah. so Superman was there in the DeLorean. <laughs> or some made-up superhero called Matty D-Man was running around. <laughs> um, and then I- the Matty D. I, uh, you know, I had, I had my Back to the Future experience, and, you know, years later, the uh, video game came out, which I was a big fan oh, of. Yes. The Telltale video game, which I thought did a really good job and almost acted as the, the fourth movie. Yeah, that's right. And uh, I really had a good time sort of- it reignited my love of this series. So this series is near and dear to me. I have a really big soft spot in my heart for these movies, especially the first one. So I'm a, I'm a fan. You realise as well that this is the ultimate podcast cliche. They say that the stereotype of every single podcast is two white guys talking about Back to the Future. <laughs> yeah. And like, as if anyone cares about their opinions, and we're doing exactly that. Yeah. And let's not forget that we've done this before. <laughs> Back in our old show, Best Movie Quest, we did an episode on Back to the Future where it ended up being a contender, I think, for one of the best movies ever made. Yes, because that was the concept of our show was to find the best movie ever made. That's right. And Back to the Future, we said, was a contender, I think. Yeah, I I believe it was. It didn't end up winning, controversially so, but I think it was definitely up there. So my history with Back to the Future was very similar to your one. Believe it or not, I saw the second movie first. Mm-hmm. So the second movie was on TV and like like you, I was just walking past it and I looked <laughs> over at the screen and I was like, what the hell is this movie? Because it was during the scene in the future when Marty is hoverboarding, when he first grabs the hoverboard and he's getting away from Griff's gang members. I'm like, this looks awesome. And I sat down and I watched the whole movie and I'm like, that was incredible. And I just thought it was like a standard. Well, obviously with the cliffhanger at the end, I was like, oh, I couldn't find out what happens next. But <laughs> mum was actually like, well, you've got to see the first movie. Okay. And, I'm like, and I was like, that wasn't the first movie? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is another silly thing. This is something I always think about all the time. Because I wasn't familiar with like the, the concept of Back to the Future, I knew it was about time travel, but I didn't quite know how the time travel worked. The flux capacitor, Kieran. So I thought when they said, you know, those boards don't work on water unless you have power. <laughs> I always thought, like, Marty McFly had time travel powers. Ah. And, like, the reason he looked so shocked was he's like, oh, they found out that I have time travel powers. <laughs> and so, I like, I thought he was, like, a superhero that could travel through time when I was first watching the movie. 
And so I thought, like, when he'd get into the time machine and travel through time, like, that was his power doing it, not specifically the car. You know what? It doesn't sound so silly. That, that I could see how a kid would think that. And then when I found out it was actually the car itself that was the time machine, the DeLorean itself was the time machine, I was just like, oh, that's kind of disappointing. It's cooler <laughs> if he has powers. I think I was really into that that TV show, My Secret Identity, if you remember that no, one, no, no, with the fat kid from uh, Stand By Me. He was a superhero. Oh, yes! <laughs> oh, my God. That's just awakened a whole memory for me. I, I remember, remember he that flew show. around with two fire extinguishers yes. to stabilize himself, and he could run really fast. He had super strength. You'll never know my secret identity. Oh, my God. That show. That show went for years because he, he kind it of- It went like- for about a year. Did it? Because I remember he started as like chubby little standby man. Yeah, and then he, and then he became taller. And yeah. then he became- That was about over the course of a year, though. Right. He hit puberty during that show. But yeah, we're here to talk about Back to the Future, anyway. not my secret identity. Yeah, so I, I actually dug around in my parents' uh, VHS sort of cupboard. They had a big cupboard where they just throw all their VHSs in there. And I found like Back to the Future buried up the back. I'm like, how come I've never noticed this before? And I put it on, very excited to see it. And I was actually kind of disappointed by the first movie. I really liked it, but I was kind of, I'm like, when are they going to go to the future again? Oh, no. I wanted them to go to more time periods and it'd be more like the second one where they're time hopping and there's all these like convoluted stories going on. And, you know, there's a second Marty running over here and a second Doc Brown running over there. So I really enjoyed the second movie to the point where I'm like, I want all the movies to be like that. And none of them are. Like the, the third movie is just in the West the entire time. That's right. So the third movie is basically like a straight remake of the first movie, but done in the Wild West. Yeah, I really liked all three of the movies, but it was just none of them lived up to the second movie for me. That's fair. So the second one is your favorite? Yeah, I would still say that the second one's my favorite because it has all the elements I really like. But I would admit that the first movie is definitely all around a better movie. Yeah, It has the better writing and it can stand on its own two feet without you know just having callbacks to the first movie constantly. Because let's not forget that the second half of Back to the Future it's 2 just is the just, first movie. It's just callbacks to the first movie. So it's only funny and it's only interesting if you've seen that first movie and know the plot really well. Mm. It's sort of like the Spider-Man No Way Home sort of syndrome. So I think the reason that I like the second movie so much is because it has more action going on. It has a bigger budget. And if you like the first movie, then all of the stuff you like from the first movie is in the second movie. Quite like you as well, I played the Back to the Future Telltale game. So the the people who made uh, Monkey Island, LucasArts, went in to become Telltale. Walking Dead? Yeah, that's right. They also made The Walking Dead and Wolf Among Us. But the Back to the Future game had to have been easily one of my favorite games that they ever did because there was so much heart put into that game. It was so good. And the fact that they got back a lot of the original actors to do voice acting in the game as well. So we actually had Christopher Lloyd doing Doc Brown in the movie, which was great. There was a lot of elements in it that didn't work, like that weird guitar battle. Do you remember that bit where he's like going, and trying to make the guy fall off like a- Yeah, vaguely. vaguely. Like a plank of wood. I'm like, that wouldn't happen in the movie. (laughs) It's such a video game thing to do. It sort of felt like they just wanted to do like an animated movie, but then had to work in puzzles in there because it was an adventure game. But yeah, still a really good time. Let's get into something fresh. Let's get into something we haven't seen before. Our potential Back to the Future remake plots. Now, Manny D, you said off air that you were keen to go first. Yes, I am. But you said off air that you were keen to go first. That's right, I was. So, how are we going to work this out? Uh, I'm going to be a gentleman and say that you can go first. Oh, you're so nice. But the only issue is, I think <laughs> I, I, the ending of my plot, let's just say, may throw like a spanner into the show. Oh, so, really? yeah, that was my only concern because I sort of felt like Matty D's plot is going to be goofy and wacky. Yeah. And so, my plot does have elements of that, but it does have a little bit of a, like a, a sharp turn at the end. So. Oh, okay. 
I thought it might be an odd note to end the show on, but oh, we'll see how we go. Okay, well, let's let's go, because I'm going to try to speed through my plot. I understand you've got a longer one today. Yeah. Yeah. We both do. Oh, yes. Whenever we sit down to do one of these special episodes, we have so many ideas, and then when it comes time to putting them on paper, we're like, we can't do everything, because otherwise it'll be a four-hour show. Mm. Because yeah. we want to describe our plots like it's scene for scene <laughs> in the movie, you know what I mean? We want to paint a picture in people's heads like it's an audio book. But we just can't do that in this format. And we only have about, you know, 30 minutes each. And, and this one was so hard to, to condense, kind of condense. Yeah. I found that really hard for me. So, I- I'm going to go straight into my plot. And okay. it's called Back to the Future 2022. Okay, interesting. Blade Runner-esque. And I didn't pick a director. But uh, I think I'll go with... No, David Lynch. David Lynch. <laughs> what a nightmarish Back to the Future movie that would be. Taika Waititi. No, <laughs> yeah, I've done Taika Waititi. Tarantino. JJ Abrams can do it. Yeah. All right. So, You've done him before. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, there's so many, only so many directors in Hollywood. So just like the original movie, we're going to open up with clocks and weird inventions. Oh. Mm. Uh, suddenly there's a loud knock on the door and a gravelly voice answers, I'm coming, I'm coming. The title shows that the year is 2019. Ooh. An old Uh-oh. man played by Danny DeVito. I'm trying to listen to the first two episodes of potential spoilers. <laughs> I'm looking forward to Hellboy. <laughs> so, an old man played by... Oh, da- Danny DeVito. Yeah, okay. Danny DeVito. Yep. Comes in and he opens the door to a young boy played by Timothy Chalamet. 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 Yes. Interesting. Google. Young actors. <laughs> well, this is kind of... He's kind of the flavor of the month, right? He's in everything. Yes. So, I... <laughs> so almost my, my, he might be in my plot, <laughs> Really? Yes. Also, I've got to say, he's a good actor, so... Yeah. I want to, you know. He looks like a kid, even though he's an adult. Yep. And I didn't want to cast Tom Holland. So, <laughs> so Timothy you, Chalamet. And is his. he your Marty McFly too? No. Oh, okay. All right. So, the old man says, what do you want? And the, the boy says, Dr. Emmett Brown, my name is Marty McFly. I came in a You'll time machine. my father. Prepared to die. <laughs> I came in a time machine that you invented. You have to help me get back to the future. And then we're going to do kind mm. of a flashback, flash forward, but you'll get the idea. So, we're going to see uh, a bunch of clocks again. Because this okay. was originally my opening, but I decided to give that little... Oh, wow. You, you gave a prelogue in. <laughs> yeah. A prologue, sorry. It just, a it just sort of prologue. ties it a little bit together. But we see, like, clocks, but instead of, like, analog clocks and stuff like that, it's people's phones, people's smartwatches. Get it? We're modernizing it. Uh, and all of a sudden, the camera pans to the whiteboard or the blackboard, uh, where we Take see... There's some there's some scientific stuff on the on the you know on the board. Oh yeah, and this is where we're getting our credits roll. Chemical of who, equations of who made the movie? Yeah, chemical equations, drawings been, of circuit boards, written by Matty D. Concept it says by Matty. Science D. and stuff. <laughs> science and stuff. Uh, all of a sudden, this is interrupted by a large slam on the desk, and it is mm. revealed that the young man we saw earlier, Marty McFly, has fallen asleep in class. The teacher who slammed the desk is Mr. Strickland, played oh, okay. by. Okay, he's Kier- a teacher now. He's a teacher. Yep. Played by me. Played by no. Played by Kieran's favorite actor, John oh. Goodman. Hey. <laughs> I thought it would be cute to put Marty, uh, sorry, Michael J. Fox in this role, but I was like, oh no, I'll make. Why are you stealing all of my actors? <laughs> that that was just for you. Okay, thank that you. That was just for you. So Strickland tells Marty uh, that he fell asleep during his history lesson about the Great Lightning Strike of Hill Valley. Yeah. <laughs> oh, very nice. And he said, "What Back in 1955? Exactly. November 10th, 1955. Is that correct? Well." In the original it was, but in my plot it might okay. be a different time. Okay. So Strickland says, what have you been doing, McFly? Listening to podcasts? Well, what have you been doing? Listen to podcasts all night? You <laughs> slacker? You're too much of a dreamer, McFly. You spend all time in that fan club, especially with that Emmett Brown. He's no good. Fan club? Yeah. Fan club for what? You'll see. Okay. Marty leaves. I really love my dad wrote a porno. <laughs> yes, exactly. So Marty leaves and we see that the title is that this is the year 2022. Oh, interesting. So, okay. 
Yeah. So he, tra- he time travels back to 2019 at some point in your yeah. plot. Okay, interesting. He does. Later that night, we see a bedroom. The walls are filled with posters. Mm-hmm. Some of the posters are a caution symbol. Oh, some really? Of the, some of the <laughs> I posters, know where this is going. Some of the posters say the words potential spoilers on the wall. <laughs> okay. Some of the posters have Sonic and uh, Dora the Explorer. But they're crudely drawn <laughs> yeah, crudely by dra- Matty D. <laughs> Marty is asleep on the bed. He has his earphones on. And on his phone, we can see that he's listening to the latest podcast episode of Potential Spoilers on Podbean. Oh, so he's listening to the Back to the Future remake episode. (laughs) We hear- Wow, this is completely shameless. (laughs) I I feel really gross about this. You just wait. Okay. (laughs) I had so much fun writing this, Kieran. Okay. Okay. So we hear what's been- So this is the most self-indulgent episode of Potential Spoilers we've ever done. Yes. Even though we did an almost two-hour episode two weeks ago just on our show. Yep. Yep. Now we see what's being played on Marty's phone, and it's the voices of Kieran and Maddie D. Oh, the famous Kieran and Maddie D. Absolutely. We then cut to Kieran and Maddie D at the recording studio as they're talking. So we're hearing what uh, Marty's listening to, and we get, we get to see the conversation take place. So it's almost live, even it's though al- it's it, as a podcast, it's not live. <laughs> it's always but live. We're going back in time. We're going back, it's back to the future <laughs> yeah, to when we recorded it. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. They're recording one of their award winning episodes. <laughs> <laughs> and so this is an alternate version of 2022. <laughs> yes, 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 it is. And uh, they seem to be caught in the middle of telling a story about themselves. Classic. Right? Okay. Matty D is played by Henry Cavill <laughs> <laughs> and is wondering about a particular trope. And he says, where have we seen a childhood flashback like that before, Kieran? Oh, yeah. Captain Marvel. Gee, I remember when we first saw the trailer. It was the fish under the sea party. Kieran, played by Michael Sarah, interrupts. Michael Sarah. <laughs> Michael Sarah with a mustache. I wish he was just Henry Cavill again, but with a mustache. <laughs> That'd be great. He says, actually, Matty D, it's the enchantment under the sea party. Enchantment. Kieran smiles warmly. I saw you trying to predict. As I do. Yeah, as you do. I saw you trying to predict the plot of that movie. You were so confused, like a lost puppy. <laughs> I knew then there, listeners, and Kieran's face drops. That I'd be podcasting with Maddie D my whole life. <laughs> well, I didn't. <laughs> Maddie D, who was uh, too busy, who wasn't paying attention, he was too busy watching a interview with Dwayne the Rock Johnson, starts laughing pathetically, etc., <laughs> <laughs> etc. Et okay. Suddenly, we flip back to Marty. He's woken by his phone going off. It's his girlfriend Rachel who tells him that they're going to be Rachel. late. Uh, no, Jennifer. Jennifer is the girlfriend. Okay. Yeah, Jennifer. She can be Rachel in your plot. Uh, I'll just call her Jennifer. Still, she tells him that they, he's going to be late to their fan club meeting. And with an electric skateboard, Marty rides off to a jazzed up version of The Power of Love. Jazzed up. Jazzed up. How do you jazz it up even more? Might be a rap, you know? Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. Marty greets his girlfriend, Jennifer, who's played by uh, Jenna Ortega. She's in everything. Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega, my apologies. Yeah, she's, she's Wednesday Adams yeah, at the moment. She's huge at the moment. Hey, he questions why Doc has asked them to meet. What, why has he, he gotten us all to meet out here? And she says that apparently he's got some big news. Suddenly a truck appears and Dr. Emmett Brown played again by... Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, yep. Uh, reveals himself. He remarks that- He, he, he exposes himself. <laughs> he doesn't do that. Hey, guys. <laughs> I mean, it is Danny DeVito. But he says that he's invented something quite profound and he wants everybody here to document it. He says, now, have you ever listened to an episode of Potential Spoilers and wanted to watch that movie straight away? Of course, Marty says, but you have to wait till the movie comes out. Not anymore, he says. And he opens the truck oh, wow. to reveal an early 2000s razor blade scooter. <laughs> Doc tells Marty- I used to have one of those. <laughs> yeah, me too. Doc tells Marty that he wanted to make a time machine 
But he figured if you want to time travel, you may as well do it in style. In a way that really hurts your ankles. <laughs> yes, because you spin it <laughs> around. You spin it around, it slaps into your ankle. And it clangs, it clangs to your ankle. He shows Marty the flux capacitor and explains to him that while he was pleasuring himself one afternoon, <laughs> he made a mess on his wall. The pattern- <laughs> oh, Jesus, Manny. <laughs> the pattern inspired him to make the flux capacitor, which is what makes time travel possible. <laughs> He goes, uh, he goes through some key historic events. He says, you know, we can travel back to the Birth of Christ or the Dark Knight trilogy or even a footnote history year where they recorded <laughs> the Cool Running special episode. <laughs> 2019. Doc then laughs to himself and realises that that was the day he bought his subscription to OnlyFans and created time travel. Such, <laughs> such a different time that was, says Dr. Brown, before covid Back then, this whole land was owned by old man Peabody. He had this crazy idea of selling Bitcoin. Suddenly, Doc has a... This is, this is really lazy writing by me. Suddenly... Oh, because it's been genius so far. <laughs> Suddenly, Doc has a cramp. Uh, so he can't get on the razor blade oh. scooter, obviously. He's like, oh! And wanting to impress his girlfriend, Marty announces, it's okay, Doc. I'll do it. I'll, uh, you know, use the time machine. I ain't no chicken. And he starts pedaling the scooter faster and faster. Pedaling. Yeah. He starts oh, scooting. Scooting, scooting. <laughs> uh, until he gets to 88 miles per hour. Wow. Very fast. <laughs> Doc screams, stop, Marty. There's no energy for the way back. But it's too late because Marty and the time machine has disappeared in a line of fire. So Marty will be sent to the year 2019. And he's walking around and he's understandably freaking out because he's so far back in wow. the past. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, different four years ago. He sees people coughing Three on each ago. other. You know, because yeah, willy nilly, willy nilly, touching each other, putting fingers in each other's mouths, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. licking public transport handrails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he sees people going are, to concerts. He sees people are you know actually excited about Marvel movies. He's like, yeah. this is a strange world. Uh, Marty walks into a bar and asks the bartender for a prime, and the bartender fortunately does not know what that is. Marty then realizes. <laughs> Marty then realizes that he's sitting in the bar next to a man who's eating oats, and it's Maddie D. Eating oats in a bar? Yeah. Okay. That's what I do. Maddie, who's stunned, says, what? Because, you know, Marty's just staring yeah. at him and Marty's like, you're Maddie D. And Maddie D's like, so? But suddenly, a big brute appears, played by Dave Batista. This person- yep. And he says, and him and, him and his bullies start roughing up Maddie D. This character is called Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, by the way, I got nothing against Joe Rogan. Oh, I, know, I, know, I know it's like, you know- Yes, you, you do. It sounds like I'm shitting on him, but you've got to punch up, right? So he comes in and he goes, have you done You're my- always shit talking, Joe Rogan. <laughs> have you done my homework, Matty D? And he roughs him up and then he leaves. Have you edited my podcast, Matty D? <laughs> have you listened to your podcast, Joe? I, I sleep They've in- never, <laughs> never edited. I sleep in Saturdays. So anyway, Marty watches Joe leave after this interaction, but then knocks over Matty D's Do DMT oats. on Saturdays. Do D&D on Saturdays? DMT. DMT, right. <laughs> Just thinking of Joe Rogan playing D and D, but yes, Marty, you know, not accidentally knocks uh, Maddie D's oats all over him. Maddie D has to leave to change, but just then, Kieran walks in and sits down and says, "Hey, I was supposed to meet meet up with a friend of mine, and we we're going to talk movies, uh, which might organically turn into a podcast." But hey, and he points at Marty's shirt. Is that a Fargo shirt? <laughs> is that a Fargo season two shirt? And Kieran notices that Marty is a fan of Fargo as well. I love that show, says Kieran. I also heard that gossip travels fast and you stood up to Joe Rogan. You're an absolute dream. Want to do a podcast together? Joe Rogan's already done four podcasts <laughs> yeah. on it in that time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Marty's a little frazzled and says he has to leave. He has to meet up with oh, his friend. Oh, no. Marty's going to be able to predict all the movies really well because he's seen them because <laughs> yeah, he's from the future. Know, oh, know. my God. Oh, no. What a masterstroke on Matty D's behalf here. <laughs> so he, he leaves to go find Emmett Brown. 
And so now we, we jump back to the start of the movie where everyone's caught up to speed. And obviously Doc is shocked, but for plot reasons decides to believe him. He says to Marty, well, obviously we know that lightning's going to strike in 2019 because that was a scene before. And that will generate the 1.21 gigawatts to get you home. Um, as long as you don't interact with anyone in the year 2019, we'll be fine. But then they both realize that, oh no, Marty's actually bumped into Kieran and Maddie D. Marty looks at his phone and realizes that the episodes in our catalog are slowly being deleted. <gasps> with the understanding that the world would be a terrible place without After this episode, worlds. that may actually happen. <laughs> so they agree that they have to make Kieran and Maddie D make the podcast together. Now, this bit in my plot will involve Marty trying to help Maddie D start a podcast with Kieran, despite the fact that Kieran wants to do it with Marty instead. Um, Marty just seems to know more about movies than Maddie D. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just given the fact that he knows Fargo. <laughs> yes. Joe Rogan will act as a foil during this. At one point, Matty D will call Kieran his density. It will all lead up to the Enchantment Under the Sea party, which they're going to air the teaser trailer for Captain Marvel. Our oh, first episode. So the plan is, this is Marty's plan. The plan is is for Matty D to save Kieran from Marty while they're recording in their car. Uh, which is <laughs> <laughs> they're, gonna- they're just recording a podcast <laughs> in the car and it's like Marty just starts grabbing my breasts and then you come in hey you get your damn podcasting hands off him close close grabs but- his microphone but what's what's going to happen is Marty's going to record the first episode of their you know make believe podcast with Kieran but Marty's going to suggest they do kind of like an Infowars red pill show so obviously Kieran is going to be like no go away I'm going to go do a podcast with Matty D who's not a crazy right winger this, of course, all goes wrong when Maddie D arrives uncharacteristically late. Uncharacteristically I'm late. Huh? Let that sit. Uh, and instead of Maddie D, it's a drunk Joe Rogan that interrupts. Joe <laughs> stoned. Joe, Joe, Joe Rogan forces himself into doing an interview with Kieran. He's like, "No, no, you come here. You're going to do an interview with We're me." We're going to do a three-hour interview. Kieran's like, "No, I don't want to." Yes, you are. You're going to talk about like sciencey stuff that I don't actually know We're about. Talking about deprivation tanks. <laughs> yes. Yes, and Joe Rogan's goons take Marty away and uh, beat him up in an extended fight scene that we'll see, which Marty will eventually win, but it takes Marty away from this this yeah. scene. Suddenly, Matty D arrives, opens the car to see it's Joe, not Marty. He stammers and says, hey, you get your damn mic off him. Oh, no. Joe Rogan turns to Matty D. He holds the mic to Matty D's <laughs> mouth. He's like, I think you got the wrong car, D. Walk away and leave. <laughs> Are you deaf, D? No, Joe, <laughs> says Maddie D defiantly. You leave him alone. Joe arcs up to Maddie D, pushes Kieran to the ground, and enraged Maddie D hits Joe in the face. He takes a moment to be wowed by his own feats of strength and then extends his hand to Kieran and they lead off to the enchantment <laughs> under the sea party. Arm in arm. Arm in arm. Marty realizes that one of the goons he beat up, though, was a Marvel exec who was going to play the trailer. <laughs> To Captain Marvel. Left with no other option, Marty decides to get on stage and explain what happens in the trailer. Marty and Kieran listen and start discussing about what they think the movie's going to be. They're like, you know what? It's going to be like a cookie cutter Marvel movie and how it will open and if it's going to be a cold open and if there's going to be a flashback. It's an incredibly lazy prediction (laughs) that I'm always embarrassed to listen back to. (laughs) While Marty is explaining uh, the trailer, he opens up his phone and he starts seeing that the episodes are starting to come back. He's like, oh, good. This is great. Marty gets a little carried away, though, and he starts explaining the, the plot of Spider-Man No Way From Home. No Way Home. Yeah. It's not No Way From Home. <laughs> no Way. No Way. Uh, what is it? No Way. No Way no Home. Way home. Yes. Why would it be No Way From Home? 
<laughs> the latest Spider-Man movie, No Way Home. Uh, and offstage, a man named Marvin Watts is on the phone with his brother, John, and he says, look at this new pitch. You know that new pitch you've been looking for? Listen to this. Everyone is shocked by the plot. And Marty tells them that, you know, this might be a little bit advanced for you guys, but your kids are going to love it. My- oh, God. Marty says goodbye to Kieran and Maddie Day, who are arm in arm and now becoming going to become podcast lovers. partners. Oh, yeah. yeah, and lovers. I mean, we already were, but we're going to become podcast partners. And while exiting, he says, hey, just one more thing. <laughs> if one day some of your fans don't listen to an episode you do about an adults only episode. <laughs> I was going to bring that up. <laughs> Go easy on them. <laughs> Uh, Marty goes back to Doc and they get, you know, they, they power the scooter with lightning and manage to go back to, to present Now, day. that's the scene I want to see. <laughs> I want to see Timothy Chalamet on a Razor scooter being powered by lightning flying down the street at 88 miles per hour. <laughs> yes. Which it's is gonna, about 120 it's gonna be kilometers. Really, it's going to be really spectacular. When he returns to present day, everything is normal. So, Marty's like, oh, wow, everything's normal. Except for the fact that Joe Rogan uh, waxes Kieran and Maddie D's soundboards. Uh, and the meddling that Marty McFly did. He has hair did, now. Yeah, yes, <laughs> yeah. The meddling Marty McFly did uh, actually caused, inadvertently, Avatar 2 not to be made. <laughs> wow, so it was a happy end. <laughs> it was a happy ending, yeah. Doc then appears again. Because one of the goons that <laughs> Marty punched out was James Cameron, <laughs> and he fell down the stairs and broke his neck. That's right. So Doc appears again, calling Marty to another adventure. They need to go to the future and prevent the studio from rebooting once again another Halloween series. Okay. And they fly off as they don't need roads anymore. Dun, okay. dun, 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 dun. Wow. Wow. That was really icky. <laughs> But it was funny. I liked it. Was, it. Uh, it's kind of like a documentary as well. I'm killing two birds. Yeah. Stone here. That's exactly how our show started. <laughs> exactly. Do you remember? Yeah. I remember you eating oats in a bar. That's exactly like you. Because mm-hmm. that, that lessens the effects of the alcohol. So you eat just dried oats. Yeah. And then when you drink the beer, the beer is just absorbed by the oats and the Matty D doesn't get drunk. Yeah. Therefore, he can drink about 10 times more than a regular man. So in sharp contrast to that, my Back to the Future remake is just simply called Back to the Future. And it's being directed by Paul Feig director of Bridesmaids, and of course, the Ghostbusters 2016 remake. So, of course, if you're going to remake a movie from the 1980s that's beloved, of course, you're getting a a mastermind like Paul Feig, because he's only going to treat it with the utmost respect, and he's only going to have really good marketing ideas. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh, he says. So, we open with a lengthy shot of a messy home laboratory set up in a garage. As the camera pans past a collection of quirky experiments, empty pizza boxes, and porn magazines. (laughs) In the centre of the garage, we see a large car-shaped object covered in a tarp. A door opens, and we hear a young female voice call out, Mr. Brown, you've got a lovely daughter. Sorry. (laughs) What? We follow... Sorry, it's a a song reference. Mrs. Brown, you've got a lovely daughter. We follow the girl's shoes as she walks around the garage, and we take a moment to focus on a suitcase marked radioactive that's hidden away under a bench. The girl says, Mr. Brown, a package came for you to our house instead, so I'm just going to leave it here, okay? Mr. Brown is obviously nowhere in sight, and the camera pulls up to reveal Marty McFly, played by Haley Steinfeld, from True Grit fame. From Pitch Perfect yep. 2 fame, or was it 3? I can't remember which one she I was know, in. But I know the actor. She's really good. She is, uh, what was the name of that character in the Hawkeye TV series? Oh, I know who you mean, but I can't remember the character. Purple Hawkeye girl. Yep. <laughs> Marty scribbles a quick note on the package and dashes off for school. That music probably not going to play. We have a montage of life in the suburban town of Hill Valley as Marty drives to high school. So she's driving. She's not uh, on a skateboard because could you imagine like a teenage girl going to school on a skateboard in 2022? Absolutely. What a wonderful world that would be. But unfortunately, I can't really see it happening. We see trendy coffee shops, people wearing COVID masks, 
a closed down movie theater, a closed down record shop, and uh, a bookshop with a going out of business sign being hung in the front window. Oh. We can tell straight away from these sites, accompanied by a trendy pop song on the soundtrack, that this is 2022. Marty notices a kid riding on a skateboard holding onto the bumper of her car, and she yells at him, What are you doing? Filming a TikTok video? <laughs> Marty arrives at school several minutes late and is approached by Vice Principal Strickland, played by Jarman Honsu, because I was like, he has to be in here somewhere. I nearly had him as Strickland. We've forgotten about him for so long now that he deserves to be in movies again. Strickland asks why she's late again, and Marty lies and says that she had a sexual identity crisis. Strickland attempts to appear compassionate and suggests that she pay a visit to the guidance counselor later that day. So if you ever want to get out of anything as a teenager in high school, just say that you're having a sexuality crisis when you get in trouble, and then the teachers will have no option but to let you off the hook. A little pro tip for everybody out there who's still in high school, (laughs) even though I know that all of our listeners are women in their 30s. At school, we see that Marty is popular and well-liked, and she has a crush on her handsome English teacher, played by Maddie D, due to him having an impressive taste in movies. When asked why she doesn't have a boyfriend, so there's no, like, Jennifer equivalent in my plot, Marty tells her friends that she finds boys her age too immature, since all they want to do is play Fortnite and quote internet memes, as kids do in 2022. Yeah. Now, it's not going in the direction of like she's going to have a weird relationship with Maddie D because he's more mature. Not going in that direction. That she just has like a harmless schoolgirl crush on Maddie D because of his taste in movies and, and quirky humor, self referential humor, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Upon returning home, we get to meet Marty's family, including her depressed, overweight, and alcoholic mother, her bitter and pot smoking father, who spends his time listening to 90s music on Spotify and her younger brother and sister who spend all their time locked in their room playing video games. <laughs> Maybe they want to be influencers as well. Maybe they want to be Twitch streamers. I'm just recycling characters from other plots. <laughs> Marty's mother asks her to take out the recycling bin, which is overflowing with empty booze bottles, and tells her not to look at her like that, since I was just like you once. And it's a little bit of a, a depressing moment there. As Marty's taking out the trash, she hears some strange noises and flashing lights coming from her neighbour, Mr. Brown's garage. Curious, Marty wanders into the garage where she's surprised to see Mr. Brown working on a vintage DeLorean. Marty says, holy shit, is that a DeLorean? Mr. Brown sticks his face out from behind the hood, revealing that he's being played by, of course, John Goodman. <laughs> John Goodman. And don't is- worry, he's skinny John Goodman from 2022. <laughs> John Goodman's your, your doc? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, he was, what was it, Strickland in your plot? <laughs> yes. He says, hey, Marty, ain't she a beauty? By the way, thanks for bringing that package earlier today. Without it, I wouldn't have been able to get my time machine working. Marty's jaw hits the floor. You build a time machine out of a DeLorean? No, of course not. I just like rare cars. The time <laughs> machine is over there. <laughs> Mr. Brown points at an old school 1950s refrigerator sitting in the corner. You did the refrigerator. Yeah, look at me calling back to last week. Oh, man. All the kids are going to die now in your movie. Yeah. So one of the original concepts for the time machine, as I explained last week, but if you, just in case you didn't hear that episode, one of the concepts in the original script for the time machine was that you get into an old school refrigerator and it's sort of blown up with plutonium. But of course... The reason that they didn't settle on that is because they didn't want kids to copy the movie and go get into refrigerators and become trapped and die. Because those old school refrigerators could only be opened from the outside. So they've got a latch and a handle. So you have to turn the handle down to unlatch the door. But if it's latched from the inside, you can push it all you want and it won't open, which is why modern refrigerators are all magnetic. Mm -hmm. You just push from the inside and you can come out easily. So that's the whole reason they didn't do that. But in my movie, it is a refrigerator. So look out, children. (laughs) Marty looks confused and says, oh, well, that's a lot less dramatic. Does it actually work? Sure it does. Check it out. Mr. Brown scoops up his dog and forces it into the fridge, slamming the door shut. All you got to do is stick some plutonium in the ice cube tray, set the air on the temperature gauge, and bam, time travel. The fridge glows green for a few moments before a burst of light fills the room. 
once the light fades, we see that the fridge has disappeared. For <laughs> <laughs> What a callback. Marty is dumbstruck. Did you just vaporise your dog? Doc Brown laughs. Nah, just sent him an hour into the future. So if he reappears in an hour, then we'll know that the test was a success. Why did you send him a whole hour into the future? Couldn't you have just send him forward a few minutes? Mr. Brown isn't sure what to say and attempts to mansplain an excuse through science babble. <laughs> oh, well, you see, the thing is, if you do it too soon, the tachyons, well, yeah. While waiting for the fridge to reappear, Mr. Brown explains that he didn't actually build the time machine fridge himself. It just appeared one day in his garage, and he spent the last few decades attempting to understand it. When he finally worked out how it was powered, he managed to get the plutonium needed from a group of shady Russians, who wanted him to build them a bomb. But Brown built them a fake bomb out of refrigerator parts and stole the plutonium for himself. But he tells Marty not to worry about his safety since he plans to travel forward into the future where his crypto will be worth trillions and he can live the rest of his life in luxury. I like that we both wear crypto jokes in there because, again, it's 2022. (laughs) Suddenly, several goons wielding machine guns burst into the garage, shouting at them in Russian. With their hands raised, Brown tells Marty to make a break for it. Run for it, Marty! While he distracts the Russians. Mr. Brown throws a pizza box at the Russians who instantly fill him full of lead. Just then, the time machine fridge reappears next to Marty and outbursts the dog, distracting the Russians. Marty jumps in the fridge and closes herself in while accidentally setting the temperature to minus 30. The fridge disappears yet again in a flash of light, confusing the Russians. Minus 30? Yeah. So, you know, you can set the temperature gauge. So, it's minus 30 degrees, which would be quite cold, but, you know. Minus 30 years? It's 30 years. Ah, here we go. The fridge appears 30 years in the past, still in the same garage. Here we find a much younger, much fatter Mr. Brown, <laughs> who is working on a classic 1950s car. So, poor old John Gunn, he has to, like in all of my plots, he has to put on the weight to play his younger self. <laughs> and then I'll, maybe they'll use makeup to make him look younger, because one of our rules is we can't use, like, de-aging on actors in our special episodes. Mr. Brown isn't really surprised to see the fridge appear, and he remarks, well, I guess that time machine theory I came up with last week was correct after all. But he is surprised to find Marty inside it, since he has no idea who she is. A traumatised Marty attempts to explain what happened to Mr. Brown, and they both agree that Marty should go back in time, or go forward in time, sorry, and warn future Mr. Brown before he is killed. But the time machine is out of plutonium, and Mr. Brown reveals that it will take him some time to source some more. In the heady years of 2022, you could probably get plutonium off any corner (laughs) store shelf, but back here in 1992, it's much harder to come by. Not really. Well... Where would you get plutonium from? Uh, you know, from the corner drugstore. Yeah, of course. Brown says that it will look suspicious that a young girl is staying at his house, so he tells Marty to pretend to be his niece visiting from out of town, and she should sign up to the local high school in the meantime. It's like, it might take me a couple of days, a couple of weeks. I don't want like, the neighbours walk past and see that I have like a young girl in my garage that might ask questions. That was always weird, right? That Marty just went to school. Yes. And no one was just like, who is that? Yeah, never. And I guess Doc he just sort of well. blended in. Doc just walked in as well. I always wondered if he went to the classes, but in the deleted scenes, they show that he just hangs around with Doc in between the classes mm-hmm. and then, like, spies on his parents. And he sees his mum cheating on an exam. And he's like, oh, she's cheating. <laughs> but yeah, th- like I said, that was all in the deleted scenes. Marty takes some time to explore 1992 Hill Valley, where she's amazed to see what a different world it is. Everyone is listening to music she likes. Most people haven't heard of the internet, so there's no internet memes or TikTok. And she's delighted to see that Aladdin and Wayne's World are playing at the cinema, two of her two childhood favourite movies. Is this like a Kieran fantasy In a way. that you're writing? Here we have a cameo from me, Kieran, Yay. as I play my own father taking childhood me to see Aladdin <laughs> in the cinema, as we know from that famous story. So Aladdin was the first movie I ever saw in the cinema. Go back to our movie talk episode of childhood movies if you want to hear the rest of that story. 
But then Marty spots something she's never seen before. A blockbuster video store. Wow, my dad told me about these. <laughs> she steps inside the blockbuster and admires the rows and rows of videotapes. While Marty is staring at the box covers, she accidentally runs into a grungy looking kid played by Timothy Chalamet. Oh, okay. Marty apologizes to the boy and notices that he's carrying a copy of Terminator 2. Marty gets excited and says, wow, that's the best Terminator movie in the whole franchise. <laughs> and the boy says, what do you mean by franchise? <laughs> What's a franchise? The boy introduces himself as Michael and the two connect over a shared taste in movies and music. I like that you named him Michael. Yes. After Michael J. Fox, of course. I actually forgot that that was the reason I did it until you brought that up. Michael is impressed since he's never met a girl who is so up to date with pop culture. And Marty is happy that she can talk to a guy who just doesn't say sheesh and let's go every five seconds. The two begin a whirlwind romance. And even though Marty is happy, she knows that she truly doesn't belong in this time. She keeps the relationship a secret from Mr. Brown, by the way. Michael reveals that he has dreams of being the next big deal in Eurobeat music, even though he's from America, and promises to take Marty to a LaBouche concert. LaBouche. <laughs> Marty tells Michael that she's always wanted to star in a throwback Netflix series like Stranger Things, but Michael has no idea what she's talking about. What do you mean Netflix? It's brand new. <laughs> well, it doesn't exist back then. Meanwhile, Mr. Brown has been struggling to find a source of plutonium, and Marty isn't too upset about having to stick around. She's like, oh, what a shame, I can't travel back yet. Oh, well, see you later. I've got stuff to do. got people to do. She's stuff getting to her see. kissy. Yes. One night, after a passionate session of lovemaking, Mar- <laughs> Excuse me, I just got too excited about that sentence. <laughs> after a passionate session of lovemaking, Michael asks Marty why she chose to move to Hill Valley and if she misses her parents at all. Marty explains that she was never really close to her parents and hated seeing them devolve into sad alcoholics after years of working in retail. <laughs> Michael says that he always resented oh. his mother since she gave him the name George Michael after her favourite pop singer. Michael said he was sick of being bullied at school and insists on just being called Michael. Right. That, this is a, this is a uh, reference to Arrested Development. Not really. I just wanted to call him George, and then I realised that I'd already called him Michael, <laughs> okay. so I'm like, his name is George Michael? Guess that works. I know that was a joke in Arrested Development, but it was more so serendipitous here rather than deliberate. Marty says, that's funny. My father's name is George Michael McFly. <laughs> George Michael McFly. Michael, shocked, says, but that's my full name too. Are you a McFly as well? Are we related? Oh, no. Horrified, the pieces come together in Marty's head. Michael was her father the whole time. To her further horror, she realizes that she wasn't named after her mother, Martina. She is her own mother. <laughs> To make matters worse, she quickly realises that Mr. Brown will never be able to send her forward in time and she is stuck living the same life as her mother, which of course is her, including giving birth to herself and the loop will continue in time forever. What? That is crazy. <laughs> so as we explained in, earlier in the movie, if you remember the refrigerator just turned up in Doc Brown's house 30 years ago. He didn't exactly say, he said, just said decades ago. And he was just like, oh, well, I know this is a time machine, but see if I can get it to work. Because he had a theory that the time machine would work. Maybe in an alternate universe he invented it, but this is very much like loop theory. So his time machine has always existed. He never physically built it himself, but maybe in another timeline he did, if that makes sense. Yes. So we already know from the start of the movie that she's never actually going to travel forward in time and save him. So everything's destined to happen. So the movie ends with a sad montage of Marty and Michael spending the next 10 years together with Marty secretly knowing what the future holds. That is so depressing. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I wanted to go first, because I'm like, then we have Happy Daffy, Matty D plot <laughs> next to round us out. Right, we could have ended with uh, Avatar 2 not being made. Yeah, Everyone exactly. Happy. Wow, 
What a downer. So she knows that COVID's going to happen. She knows that antebellum's going to happen. <laughs> so many like tragedies are coming up and she's going to have to live through two decades that she's already lived through a second time. Oh my gosh, she can't even enjoy the movies that she's enjoyed anymore because it's like nothing new is going to come out until I'm, you know, back in 2022. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> wow. I don't know why when I wrote it, I decided to go in that sort of dark direction, but I'm like, well, it could happen. <laughs> I guess so. It would be a twist. Well, my whole angle was like, I originally wanted to do like a raunchy sex comedy, but then I was just like, how do you do sex without it being weird in the future? I'm like, well, what if you go in like a black comedy direction? That's an idea. And so that's what I ended up doing. If it worked, I guess it's up for the listeners to decide. So do you, the dear listener, do you have any ideas on what you'd do if you were remaking Back to the Future? I know they've uh, talked about actually remaking Back to the Future for years and years now, but I don't think it's something that's ever really going to happen just because I guess... Unlike Ghostbusters, there's not a lot of room for exploration in a remake. And anything you would do would just be lesser than the original, Paul Feig. Uh, So, I don't even know why you'd bother. I mean, they did a special, like a 10-minute YouTube... No, it was Facebook. They did a 10-minute Facebook special in 2015, just to celebrate Back to the Future Day, if you remember. Yeah. I think it's November 21st, 2015 was Back to the Future Day. So, Christopher Lloyd was basically explaining like, oh, we've got to, I've got to go back in time and prevent all this crazy stuff in 2015 from happening. Uh, and I think that's the closest we're going to get to actually having a remake. But if you have any ideas of what you would do in a remake specifically, please let us know. We're keen to know, will they be better than ours? Which one of ours did you like the best? Let us know. Uh, you can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can find us on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or you can simply leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site. I say simply, even though it's not simple, because you need the app and need to be logged in to do it. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what Podbean is doing. I have no idea either. Podbean, if you're listening, please fix that. Just let us leave comments on the the page itself on on a browser rather than having the mobile phone app because, you know, that's just annoying. It's annoying. It's a loop that you have to jump through unnecessarily and it prevents people from communicating with us easily. Before we wrap it up for another week, let's talk about what we're going to be predicting next week. Of course, we're, no, we're actually not predicting a, a movie next week. We're doing an actual spoilers next week. We're well due to do another actual spoilers. As I said back when we were covering Coming to America, our next batch of uh, actual spoilers episodes are all going to be terrible movies. So don't expect to be covering a good movie anytime soon, Manny D. The next time we cover a decent movie or a movie that we like isn't going to be until like March 2023. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Because next week, we are looking at how well we did with predicting the plot of the Japanese action role-playing game, uh, film adaptation, I suppose, Monster Hunter. Yes! Good old Monster Hunter. Good old Monster Hunter. Good old Monster Hunter. Do you remember what happened in that movie? Yeah. A lot of running around in not the much, desert. Not yeah. much, yeah. And some dodgy CGI, but yeah, we get to revisit it. That's I haven't a seen fun it. episode, I haven't I seen it since cinemas. I think I saw it in the cinema. I can't remember where I saw it. I think I saw it. You saw it at home yeah. for our best of 2020. Mm. Best and worst of 2020 episode. Yeah. Because I remember you said that was one of the worst movies you saw in 2020. So let's see if you still have that opinion next week. So, until we return to talk about how well we did with Monster Hunter. We'll see you in the future. To you, it's just a worn-out fridge. But to a child, it's a caravan, a ship, a castle, even a bed. And a death trap, airtight and impossible to open from the inside. Don't let an old fridge be a new danger to children. Take off the door, or smash the lock, or better still, ask your local council to take it away or tell you how to dispose of it before it kills a child. Do 
I got molested. Did you? Yes. The fuck out. Yep. That's pretty It was incredible. Whoa. I know. That's amazing. I know. He sucked your dick? No, he never sucked my dick. Just how did he get to it? He just had it. He just had it. Well, he was. It was hard. So have you ever done DMT? That's the power of love.